0: The world is going to hell in a handbasket. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. We're all infected. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, masses hysteria. The whole world is burning down, my friend. I feel fine. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Everything's Just Fine podcast. This is Mike. And I didn't want to deprive all of you of my beautiful voice for another week, and Lincoln is tangled up in some family holiday bullshit or something, so it's time for another minisode. Basically, I just thought, oh, there's got to be something fun to do about Christmas, so I looked up if there are any weird, ancient Christmas traditions that people did that we don't do anymore, and indeed there were. Uh, well, we'll get there. I don't want to spoil anything for you guys, but uh, let's talk about today to start off with. You know, there's a lot of hate going around for Christmas, but personally, I still enjoy it. I'm in my 30s, but I'm lucky enough to have parents that still buy gifts for me like I'm seven years old, so it's awesome. I always come home with a huge box full of shit, and it's not like they're rich either. Like They've always just gone yard on Christmas, so that's part of the reason that I like it. And, you know, when it comes to Christmas music and decorations, I get it. Especially the music. You're going to the malls and uh, shopping centers and stuff like that, and they are blaring and Jingle Bells stuff like that. Especially if it starts too early in October. That can be irritating. Oddly enough, the thing about Christmas music is that, despite not growing up in a strict religious family, my absolute favorite Christmas songs have always been the old-timey, somber, religious songs. Like, Do You Hear What I Hear and Oh Holy Night and stuff like that. Like, those make Christmas feel completely supernatural to me. Like an Indiana Jones movie, you know? Because it, it's it's not about capitalism and candy canes. It's about celestial beings like impregnating humans women giving mysterious birth in the middle of the night, strange men showing up with even stranger gifts, intimidating bells, a poor young boy that desperately hopes that the king appreciates his percussive timing so that he doesn't get murdered. I think that's what Drummer Boy is about. I don't know. I haven't read the lyrics, actually. But, uh, anyway, I thought I'd take a look back at the history of Christmas and see if some weird shit popped up. And like I said, it did. So, uh, let's go ahead and, uh, Here's a few examples of how weird Christmas used to be. Well, first of all, December 25th apparently wasn't really necessarily Jesus' birthday until Pope Julius I locked that date in in 340 CE. Before that, it had been previously celebrated on the 6th of January uh, and the 29th of March, and then, uh, quotes sometime in June, according to this article that I read in The Independent. Which, <laughs> I just like imagining Christmas in June. Like, part of it might be nice, like, going to relatives' houses without, like, the threat of a blizzard. But imagine how, like, bad Walmarts and Myers would smell with all those hot, sweaty rednecks fighting over the last Dallas Cowboys beer koozie. Ugh. Gross. I also, like, just, it's like, oh yeah, that might not be his birthday. Like, you'd think that that'd be an important thing to nail down. Like, when are we gonna celebrate Christ's birthday? Uh, you know, whenever. <laughs> So here's another interesting tidbit I found out. People actually thought mistletoe had special powers, as apparently the wood from the mistletoe tree was used to build the cross that Christ was crucified on. Didn't know that. Uh, This was before people realized that mistletoe, turns out, actually basically a parasitic ivy that grows on other trees and is not a tree itself. So who knows, if the crucifixion occurred in like a different region, I'm just imagining, like, every Christmas, you kissing your wife or girlfriend under a chunk of, like, poison sumac or kudzu. But, like, no shit. The druids in England would cut it down. Uh, this mistletoe, they'd cut it down with golden sickles, and they would catch it using a fancy robe, because if it hit the ground, it would apparently lose its magical powers. Like, it's just a plant. You fucking idiot. Like, it's not even a cool plant. Anyway. Um... Okay, this one blew my mind. I've heard the term Yule Log my whole life, but I never knew that it was an actual log. I'd never really done any research into what a Yule Log was. I've just heard it said around the holidays and just was like, yeah, whatever that is. It's an actual log. This tradition was practiced in Europe around 10th to 17th century CE. It was kind of hard to nail down. I found different examples from... In that time period, and even before that time period, and after that time period as well. But it is fucking weird. This is the Yule log tradition. Uh, I found this on Snopes, and I backed it up with a couple other articles as well that we'll include in the uh, show notes. All right, step one of the Yule log tradition find a piece of wood from your land. You have to go out and find it. If you tried to buy a Yule log, it was bad luck. Also, it apparently didn't even need to be a proper log. Root, stump, whatever. Take it, lay it in the hearth. Step two, get the scraps from the previous year's already scorched yule log that you've been storing under your bed to light the new log. I said that correctly. You have to rescue a partially burnt chunk of the log from the fireplace Stored it under your bed until next Christmas, or apparently your house was at risk of getting hit by lightning or being sucked into a smoldering crevasse. I, no shit. This is what they believed in. Step three, you now have to light the new Yule Log using the burnt chunks of the old Yule Log. And you have to do it on the first try. If it doesn't work on the first try, you, know, you, you might as well kick a black cat while... Tss- standing under a ladder holding an umbrella indoors and punching a mirror because it just meant that you and your family were completely fucked. (laughs) Uh, Step four. Once the log is lit, hopefully after the first time so your family doesn't die, it has to stay lit for 12 fucking hours. And there has to be enough left for next year's log. So I can only assume these logs, and I'm saying that in air quotes, had to be like drenched in swamp water because you can't even keep like a brick in a fire for 12 hours without it burning up much less a log 12 fucking hours and then it's even made worse by step number five which is this step five you get to eat christmas dinner but during dinner do not touch the log (laughs) as long as any portion of the christmas feast was on the table you cannot stir the embers that must have been the most stressful christmas dinner ever like, imagine being halfway through dinner, all the swamp water evaporates out of your log, it starts rapidly burning up, and if you touch it before the food is gone, your family's cursed. If it burns up, family also cursed. You are fucked if you do and fucked if you don't. It is <laughs> uh, and It's not over. There's more ridiculous shit coming. Step six, if your heart survives the fucking horror that is the adrenaline rush of dinner... Now you get to tell ghost stories and carefully watch the shadows that are created by the light of the log on the wall. But, if one of the shadows resembles a headless person, you guessed it. Your family's cursed. Someone in your family's gonna die. There was a couple different iterations of this, but it was always bad lucks coming to your family if you see a headless shadow. Oh, man. And finally, step seven, you gather the remains of the log, put them under your bed for next year so you can start this... Horrifying process all over again. Who the fuck would go through all of this rigmarole? Like, this... It's ridiculous. Like, just, you're ruining Christmas every year. Like, this sounds terrifying. This sounds like such a pain in the ass. This is... I mean, just imagine every year at Christmas. It's supposed to be a happy time, you know? You don't want to be like, Oh, wow, cool, it's the gift-giving season. Oh, fuck the U-log. Oh, fucking shit, the U-log. Oh, no. Like, (laughs) it just ruins everything. If you know anyone that does this, please comment on Twitter. (laughs) Because I need to know. Because apparently people still do it today. So, I don't know if they're just religious nuts or traditional weirdos, but... God. Oh, by the way, side note. In Wikipedia, the Yule Log was also known as the, quote, Ashen Faggot. Now, I just found that hilarious because it's a word that we're not allowed to use anymore, but it's describing a log. So, don't anyone get mad. Cut it out, social justice warriors. That's kind of hilarious. Moving on. Kids used to use actual stockings to hang by the fireplace for Santa to put, like, gifts and candy in. I mean, cool. Nothing like eating candy canes that were stored in your stinky, leprosy, riddled orphan socks. (laughs) There was a couple games that were played during Christmas, these traditional games that I had never heard of and are completely ridiculous. One of them was called hot cockles, which if you're not laughing already, you should probably stop listening to the podcast. This was a Victorian era Christmas game that was pretty simple. You get blindfolded, someone hits you, and then you try to guess who hit you. Just like Jesus wanted. Like what it basically it's who assaulted me the game. <laughs> This game eventually got way more sexual, so, like, a lot of places started, like, banning it or telling, like, encouraging people not to do it. Because instead of just doing the blindfold and hitting someone with a stick, it devolved into men putting their heads in women's crotches while being spanked from behind and trying to guess who the spanker was. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> so this is another one of the most oddest games I've heard of, and it was called Snapdragon. Um... I got this from the Wikipedia article for Snapdragon, and in parentheses, game. Quote, Snapdragon, also known as Flapdragon, Snapdragon, or Flapdragon, which they're all basically spelled the same, except some of them have dashes and some of them don't, was a parlor game popular from about the 16th century. It was played during the winter, particularly on Christmas Eve. Brandy was heated and placed in a wide, shallow bowl. Raisins were placed in the brandy, which was then set alight, that means on fire. Typically, lights were extinguished or dimmed to increase the eerie effect of the blue flames playing across the liquor. The aim of the game was to pluck the raisins out of the burning brandy and eat them, at the risk of being burnt. Samuel Johnson's Dictionary of the English Language in 1755 describes it as, Quote, a play in which they catch raisins out of burning brandy and extinguishing them by closing the mouth, eat them. Unquote. According to an 18th century article in Richard Steele's Tatler magazine, Quote, the wantonness of the thing was to seek each other to look like a demon as we burnt ourselves and snatched out the fruit. End quote. What the f- fuck? So this was a Christmas tradition where you put flaming... First of all, you reach into a flaming bowl... With your naked hands, and then you throw flaming raisins in your naked mouth. And it it says parlor game, but this was also a a game that like families and children would play. I found this same thing in the article. Uh, Another quote here from it. Quote, nevertheless, children often burnt their little hands or mouths playing this game, which, (laughs) which may have led to the practice mostly dying out in the early 20th century. End quote. These poor kids... I mean, do you know how much it sucked when your mom or dad forced you to eat something you didn't like during Christmas dinner? Well, now imagine that it's on fire and you have to pick it up with your child hands before putting it into your child face. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, finally, and I just found this kind of interesting. It's not necessarily a tradition, but this is just something I found. There was a uh, history.com YouTube video that explained this, and I'll, like I said, uh, include it in the show notes. If you're upset that your place of work isn't giving you the day off on Christmas Eve or the day after Christmas or you're not getting enough of a Christmas vacation, you should probably just know that Christmas wasn't a legally recognized holiday at all until 1894, which really isn't that long ago. Up until then, for most people, just December 25th was like any other day. And by that, I mean a 12-hour workday and a six-day work week. Merry fucking Christmas! Get back to work, asshole! Christ wasn't born so you could lollygag on the fucking production line. That's what it was like back then. Nothing you could do. But, uh, eh, there you have it. If you, uh, you know, you might still hate Christmas today, but don't let anyone tell you that it was, like, more pure in years past, or, like, what can't we go back to? Mm. No, 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 it was just weirder and shittier. I mean, like, has it been consumed by modern capitalism in today's world? Yes, absolutely. But, you know, at least people are buying things for each other, which is nice. We're not shoving flaming grapes in our mouths or whatever the fuck they were doing back then. Jesus. But, uh, yeah, that's it. Um, this will probably be our last episode until the new year. Uh, but just in case, uh, follow us on Twitter at everything's JF. You can follow me personally at EJF Mike, follow Lincoln at EJF Lincoln, uh, visit our website, fine.com, our subreddit, which is just slash r slash everything's just fine, and Facebook, which is just facebook.com slash everything's just fine. Uh, listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Player FM, and anywhere wonderful podcasts are listened to. Uh, Send us episode suggestions on Twitter, on Facebook, and uh, you can email us at contact at Everything's Just Fine. We actually got a listener. uh, His name's Richard, who was the first one to email us ever and uh, gave us a suggestion, and we will probably end up doing it. So thank you very much, Richard, for finally sending us an email. That's why I responded to you so late. And, uh, yeah, just uh, remember, pretty soon... It's going to be 2019, and then you can look back on 2018 and say, holy shit, 2018 sucked. But remember, in 2019, everything will be just fine. We will see you guys next year. Have a good one.